know, I've heard that uh, dragons actually live in caves, and that uh, is starting to make me really nervous about exploring any deeper in here. Oh, hey, welcome back to Zitanium uh, Mine. You don't see any dragons down... You know what? Let's not think too much about it. But you know what? Serendipity, because on today's episode, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about... Yakuza Like a Dragon, or sometimes referred to as Yakuza 7. Now, the funny thing about it is that this was supposed to be an April Fool's joke. You see, back in 2019, uh, Ryo Gagotoku Studio, who makes the Yakuza series, had released uh, an April Fool's video, and it basically said that their action franchise that was Yakuza was going to have an RPG installment as the next one, and they showed off some uh, fake footage, essentially, that they had created specifically for April Fool's Day. Uh, the only thing about it that kind of put a little bit of a monkey wrench into the process was that people saw that and said, yes, please, can we have that? At which point they realized, oh, I guess we're going to just make that then. And so, Like a Dragon was born. Now, Like a Dragon has a lot of different characteristics from the other games, but I can tell you about the things that it does very much in the same vein as the other Yakuza games and the things that it does differently. So let's start there. First of all, let's talk about the actual differences, because that's probably what most people are focusing on. The big one, of course, is the combat system. So, in most of the Yakuza games that you're familiar with, basically all of them, they are kind of action brawler games. It really focuses in on melee combat. Uh, you are always playing as Kiryu Kazuma, and uh, you have to fight your way around the world. I've talked about some of the Yakuza games on this show, uh, so you can listen to those if you want a little bit more information on individual games. But the point is, is that I've, I've played a fair amount of them, and they all pretty much go in that vein of uh, you get into a brawl, uh, you might have some special moves and combos, and it's almost like a fighting game, but in like an open-world action title. In Yakuza Like a Dragon, however, it is a straight-up turn-based RPG. So, uh, your character starts combat, you have a team of characters, it is very inspired by JRPGs. In fact, I'm they make notes, references in the game about how Ichiban Kasuga, the new protagonist in this game... Is, is always thinking about battles in the same vein that he used to play Dragon Quest. So it is just written all over this game that that is what it is inspired by. You get into those battles and then you have a bunch of options available to you. Either you have basic attacks and guards, you can uh, use a bunch of different skills that use up energy, or you can actually use a variety of items. Uh, there are essentially summons in this game, some of them are hilarious, uh, and you acquire them over the course of the, the game as well. So there's a leveling system, because it is an RPG. Uh, there is also a jobs system in this game, which is a very interesting idea that you've seen in a few other RPGs, but uh, probably more in Final Fantasy than anything else. And uh, the jobs in this are also quite cool. Uh, you know, you have some very exclusive ones to each character, and then you have some other interesting ones like Chef is is a job role you can play, Foreman is is a role you can play, and then you get the giant hammer to break things and smash. 
Uh, for some reason, breaker, which is basically a break dancer, that is that is a job that you can perform. And you might find that some of these are more useful than others, and you can change your play styles and skills based on which jobs you want each one of your characters to perform. There are even some sections that are a little bit like dungeons. They, they actually refer to them as dungeons, even if they're just like underground sewer systems and stuff. And it's really great. They allow you to go back there on multiple occasions to get specific resources and stuff because there's even a crafting system in here. There's, there's a, a garage that you can go to, and the person who's running that, she'll, uh, you know, make weapons or upgrade your armor and stuff if you've acquired the, you know, resources, crafting materials throughout the world. Uh, it also allows you to... Uh, encounter new enemy types, which, you know, you have this thing called uh, a, a Suji Dex, which is uh, reminiscent of, of the area that you're playing in this time. And it, you think of it like basically a Pokedex. They've definitely taken inspiration from a lot of classic JRPGs. There's even a lot of uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff when it comes to the enemy names and things like that. Uh, where, where they're just having a lot of fun with the ideas of, like, killer clowns or uh, definitely not Pinhead from Hellraiser. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, so, some, funny, some funny things uh, that they do with the, with the names of different uh, things. I think there's one you encounter pretty early, an enemy type that's called the Hungry Hungry Homeless. I don't know why. It's just, it's, it's odd. There are odd characters in general, like you will encounter enemies that are disguised as trash bags, and then they leap out, they're almost like mimics or something, they they leap out, and now they're basically some dude that is just naked but in a trash bag, that's an enemy. Pseudo-trash is actually the name of the enemy character. And this feels very much inspired by the tongue-in-cheek nature of Dragon Quest as well, there's a lot of things that they seem to borrow from other JRPGs throughout Yakuza Like a Dragon, and it is welcome. I very much appreciate it. The other big change, of course, is that unlike other games that pretty much revolved around the Kamurocho area of Tokyo, this one takes you to Ijinsho in Yokohama. So, brand new city, brand new area, brand new landscape. Uh, however, you eventually do get to go to Kamurocho as well, but their focus is definitely on Yokohama. Now, here's the thing that most people will not tell you about Like a Dragon. Outside of those changes, and yes, they are pretty major changes to the gameplay and the, the style and the aesthetics of the whole thing. Besides that, the rest of the game is pretty much what you would expect from Yakuza. For instance, there are a lot of mini-games and a lot of side activities for you to engage in. That is very typical of Yakuza. Some of them are crazy. Absolutely wackadoo, I have no idea what I just witnessed, this is insanity. You have uh, missions where a guy is, is completely naked, but he is covered with these bubbles and he needs to get clothing. And now you have to escort him around any kind of water so the bubbles don't pop, before he gets to the clothing store. That's a whole mission. There's, there's a whole mission in this game where you have to save a crawfish from being eaten by someone at a homeless camp by getting him a bento box so that eventually you can use that crawfish as a summons. 
there is a mission in this game where you help a mad scientist create uh, one of those little vacuum robots, but one large enough that it can clean the streets of Yokohama. And then, of course, everything backfires and it tries to kill you. So that's something. You, you you end up with like this pop-up zoo and the zookeeper that's there keeps losing their animals and you have to fight the animals so that they will get back in the cages and calm down. And it eventually, and I don't want to spoil too much, but I think it is worth noting, the final enemy in this zoo saga is a monkey that's gotten into the cab of an excavator and uses the excavator to attack you. And here's the thing. These are just the submissions. We're not even into, like, the main activities that you get to do in the game. Because there are several of them. It is a strength of the Yakuza series in general that they will just keep throwing new things at you. Not just new mechanics and, and new things that you can do in the main storyline, uh, but just a, a random amount of different things that you encounter that you can engage with as much as you possibly want. One of the biggest ones here is the management sim, where basically you find uh, this girl named Eri, and she is trying to build up this Ichiban Confections, which happens to be serendipitous because your character's name is Ichiban, which makes him start thinking that, uh, oh, hey, I, I, that's, that's so great. I would love to help you. And for some reason, even though he has no experience, she thinks to herself, hey, you could be the president of the company now, mostly because the, the you know company is kind of sinking. So why not? You go down with the ship. And there's a whole management sim where you have to become the top company in Yokohama. And you have to get through like the mischievous three, which are these these characters that just want to sink your business because, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of wacky. It makes you uh, start thinking about the management of your staff and what businesses you want to buy. And there's a, there's, it, it's probably a good five, 10 hours of your, your time just to do that portion of it. But then they throw other things at you. For instance, there's a whole thing called dragon cart. Dragon cart is basically Mario Kart. They just threw in a Mario Kart. I can't tell you it's as good as a Mario Kart, but they basically threw that in just if you want to do kart racing. There's also a thing called Can Collector, where you're driving around in a bike collecting cans around the street, and it feels a little bit more like an arcade title when you're getting into that. And you can raise up in levels in that as well, and get eco points to get specific rewards. There's a whole set of mini-missions where you go to, like, this classic movie theater, and you just have to do, like, a bunch of time button presses so that you don't fall asleep because these sheep people are behind you trying to make you fall asleep during the movie. There's a whole bunch of challenges just in that. And of course, all of the other things that you normally associate with other games from the Yakuza series. There's batting cages, uh, there's, there's a golf game that you get to play. If you like mahjong or darts, or you like doing a little UFO catcher and trying to get plushies, or any of the other like arcade games or gambling den stuff, anything like that, it's got all that too. It, it's got all of that included as well, so feel free to enjoy all of the wackiness and fun and uh, a ton of sub-stories along the way. In addition to those sub-stories, too, they kind of organize some of this into something called Part-Time Hero, where you have to either collect certain items for people, 
or uh, beat up a certain type of enemy or, uh, you know, respond to certain people that are in distress. And so you gain points in that. You get specific rewards for it. It's kind of supplemental to what the normal sub-stories are. And there's plenty of those as well. Also, very similar to other Yakuza games is that you have a bunch of restaurants that you can visit and it will improve your uh, health and your energy. You can replenish that as well as also getting some temporary stat bonuses for you and your entire crew. There are shops for you to go in. There are uh, armor and weaponry shops that you can go and enjoy. There's just tons of activities that you can do around the city of Ijincho province. In addition to the main storyline, which is always ironically much more grounded in its storytelling as essentially a crime drama. And, and the crime drama story I don't want to get too much into because I'm not going to spoil a lot of the main storyline, but the basics are that Ichiban Kasuga is like a young guy that's in a, a Tojo clan affiliate, the Arakawa clan, and uh, very early into his career... He uh, has to go to jail to cover for somebody else in the organization uh, by saying that he committed a murder, which he obviously didn't commit. And he ends up in jail for like 18 years. Now, if this sounds a little familiar to the start of the original Yakuza with Kazuma Kiryu, you are not wrong because in that, Kiryu happens to go away uh, to jail covering for somebody uh, for 10 years. Well, Ichiban gets it even worse because he's gone for 18. And when he gets out, he goes to find the guy who's in charge of the Arakawa clan, who he sees as like a father figure. And uh, when he eventually does track, uh, you know, Arakawa-san down, he is greeted with a bullet to the chest. Gets dumped into a Jinsho province out in Yokohama, uh, and barely clinging to life is saved by a member of a homeless camp who happened to be a nurse. And that kind of leads you on a quest for figuring out exactly what happened, why, and you meet a whole bunch of different uh, factions. In the meantime, it leads you to a lot of your party members that you acquire throughout the game. And, you know, you're off to the races. This is, this is the start of the storyline. And I have to say, very much like other Yakuza games, the storyline is very engaging, it's very good, it has interesting characters, there's a lot of interesting moving parts, and great world building inside of it. The funny thing is, is that Yakuza always gives you that, and then there's just a bunch of other stuff going on all over the place, and some of it is just bonkers. So there's this wonderful cognitive dissonance that most Yakuza games have, and that is still very much in place with Like a Dragon. I do have to say that it is more engaging, I think, than the other Yakuza games, at least for me. And so I'm really glad that they took this April Fool's joke and made an actual game out of it. I have heard a lot of rumors that they are going to have more Yakuza games that are like the traditional ones, but because of the popularity of this, the wide support that it received that they're going to do more Like a Dragon games as well, that they're going to kind of branch this off into two different kinds of Yakuza games, and I think that that's absolutely great. I will want to play each type of them for different reasons, but I'm sure I will enjoy them uh, both the same. 
and it does seem like they are both just as lengthy and detailed, like a dragon might end up being a lot longer. I've probably played a good 60 hours into this, and I am not done by any accord. <laughs> not even finished with the main storyline, let alone the sub-stories and all the activities that you can do. And what's really fascinating is that even though it's not the genre it is known for, Yakuza does a, such a good job making an RPG. Like, when you're actually in the game, they use the landscape itself as, like, an environment while you are playing. You don't just, like, go into a battle screen. You encounter people on the street and get into a battle at that point. And if there is... Uh, you know, a traffic cone or a bicycle like you might have used as melee weapons, but it's between you and the enemy, you will end up picking that up in, in normal attacks and using it as a weapon. You uh, can hit people out into the street, and if there's a car coming by at that time, it will hit the enemy. And, and that is just wonderfully dynamic in how they do not separate the combat from the world that you are inhabiting. They do a really great job with how it's all structured. Uh, if you act fast enough or you time it right, even though it's turn-based, you will get a better effect out of it. Like, there are ranged or area attacks, but your enemies are constantly kind of moving all over the place. So it's kind of important, like, when you decide, I want to launch this attack, even though it's turn-based, because you might have more people in a clustered area. Um, or while people are down, if you've knocked somebody down, you can have somebody go in for an additional attack and you'll get a critical on them. Like, it, it's guaranteed you're going to do far more damage because they're knocked down and they can't defend against it if you're quick. So there's even some kind of like almost real-time elements inside of that turn-based combat. It's just really great how they did that aspect even though they are not known for it. So it is a, a fantastic game really great. If you like the Yakuza series, I think you're still going to really like this, even if you were there for, like, the, the real-time action combat. And if you like RPGs, you're going to get a lot out of this. I, I Not only did it kind of give me reminiscent tones of Dragon Quest, just in kind of like a little bit of the tongue-in-cheek humor that they use from, from the combat and everything and how it's laid out, but it almost had a... Um, earthbound kind of vibe to it because it's you know it's set in the modern day but it's kind of wacky and there's kind of some crazy enemies that are inhabiting this there there are like literal jugglers that you will encounter and they, they have great names like shruggler is it because they they're kind of like shrugging or whatever or what muggler because instead of mugger but it, it's a juggler that will mug you it it's that kind of a game. It's kind of crazy, and I kind of love it. <laughs> so this is where we get to alternative titles you might want to try out. But instead of trying to tell you about other turn-based JRPGs or open-world games that are like Yakuza, I thought that it would be fun to tell you about another April Fool's game that I really enjoyed. And it's actually completely free, so there's no investment that you have to make into it. You can get it on Steam, no problem, and it's called Lovers of Ether. If you don't know what this game is, basically Dan Fornace, who created Rivals of Ether, sort of like a Smash Brothers game, uh, took the characters that he had created and anthropomorphized them and uh, created his very tongue-in-cheek take on a dating sim. It is hilarious absolutely bonkers hilarious 
and and it, it is so well done. It's got great dialogue, just absolutely fantastic dialogue. And it, it the fact that they released it as an April Fool's joke just tells you everything that you need to know. But it was a really good joke. It was a really good joke because I laughed so hard at it. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people have the uh, idea that it even existed. So I, I think that it's, it's good to uh, make note of it. Please go out and try it. You, you have no investment, no money down that you have to pay. And it's just a glorious time. All right. Well, the April Fool's joke is now on you because you got to sit here and hear me tell you about an April Fool's joke. What do you mean the April Fool's joke is on me? Because I'm still sitting down in this cave? Oh. Yeah. I guess. But, but no, act, but actually, actually, I don't have, I don't have to be in this cave. You're gone again. That keeps happening. <laughs>